Hi, welcome to our latest edition of Shoespeak HR. We're going to look at the cost of living issues that lots of employers are facing at the moment. But before we do that, uh, I think both Amy Leach and I want to welcome back Amy Anderson. So great Hello. to have you back with us, Amy. Do you mean that? I'm sure you've had a great time for the past year not having to talk to me on a bi-weekly basis. <laughs> We've been very lonely. <laughs> yeah, the double A isn't quite as as much of a threat as triple A is, uh, is how we'd say it. So yes, welcome back. I guess you come back is some good news at least because uh, every time you switch on the news at the moment it just seems to be negative news cost of living crisis being a part of that um, with forecasts showing that the uk is due to fall into recession towards the end of this year if it hasn't already and so we wanted to kind of have a quick look at what steps um, employers might or, or could be considering taking to to prepare their business and workforce for the months ahead so amy Anderson, I'm going to go to you first up. What steps are you thinking that employers should consider? Um, I think there's a lot of things that employers can be doing or at least thinking about doing. I think most obviously um, employers should be thinking about what they can do financially and practically to help their employees. Um, I appreciate it, it's a difficult time for some businesses as well, but if possible, employers should be considering their reward strategy. Um, I think one thing that some businesses are thinking about doing is making a cost of living bonus to their employees to help cover the increasing living costs. One thing I would flag on that though is just making sure that if you are going to make a bonus payment, making sure that it's actually not going to do more harm than good for those people that are claiming tax credits or universal credit where if they receive um, an increase in their salary or their wages by way of bonus or whatever, they're actually it's going to have a detrimental impact on them from a benefits perspective. Um, in the press as well, I think there's been, I think it was it Asda and John Lewis who have said that they're going to be offering their employees free meals whilst they're on shift at work. So again, things along those lines, thinking outside the box are, are things that employers can be thinking about. And in a similar vein, thinking about financial wellbeing policies as well. So I think Shoespits has recently run things like a pensions workshop. So talk about your pension, making the most out of it, particularly at a time when contributing to the future isn't on the top of people's agenda. It's about contributing to the here and now. Um, but it, it can be more than just things like workshops. It can be things like um, signposting to money and debt guidance and that kind of thing. And it may be that for larger organisations, all these resources are already in place. But it's about making sure that employees are aware of what it is that you've got and what you're offering and where to find it. It's no good having all this great guidance in some obscure corner of your internet that employees just don't know it, just don't know is there. Um, and then finally, I think as we, well, we used to say this all the time, didn't we? Communication with your employees is again, something that employers need to be thinking about. Make sure that your employees can be talking to you about the concerns that they have, um, whether that's at work or in their personal lives. Check in, make sure that they're okay. And I think it's these small things that, as we've said before, can go a long way in ultimately making for, a, hopefully at least, a happier workforce. Yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more, Amy, that it is often the little small things. I know lots of organizations are also kind of encouraging staff to come back to work, you know, on the basis that use our heating, don't kind of incur that cost at home. I've also seen other organizations flip it as well so that they are closing their offices on say one day a week to kind of encourage people to work from home. But in doing so, the business is getting a saving from the cost they would ordinarily incur. But what what those businesses are doing is looking to feed that back into the workforce. You know, so it's little things, you know, kind of businesses can't 
expect to be the solution for for everything but you know kind of like you say Amy, just having conversations communicating with staff making sure that their kind of mental well-being is looked after as well because like i said at the top of this podcast you know kind of it is just bad news bad news bad news that that we seem to be encountering um, yeah and i think it's it's diff- it's different for each employee as well like which is, i think is why communication is important like there's the whole thing about coming to the office and use our heating but then i suppose each individual, each individual employee's um, travel situation might be different. So then it's actually are they incurring more costs in travelling to the office than they are in working from home. So it, it's all very individualised. It, it, it's a difficult. It's difficult, isn't it? And it's going to be difficult for employers. Absolutely, Amy Leach. Have you got any thoughts? Yeah. So I guess from um, like an employer perspective, so looking at if they are actually looking at right, we're going into a recession. There's a bit of an economic downturn pending, which is obviously quite a common theme in the news at the moment. Employers may be slightly worried about their finances and how they're going to save money. Are they going to have to make cuts, staff cuts potentially? And I think one thing I'd say is maybe considering um, before getting to that point, if possible, considering training and upskilling existing employees. So it might be that you actually need certain roles filled and certain other roles are becoming more redundant but actually can you train your current employees to do those roles rather than having to lay people off and then try and hire new people which can have costs and time um, associated with the hiring process anyway Um, and I think like if you are looking at training and upskilling your current employees it's going to reduce recruitment costs it's going to reduce the time that teams within the business need to spend on that and it's going to put probably the business maybe in a better position if eventually we come out of a recession on the other side as well especially if staff have been kept on because you've got that loyalty piece there too which staff will particularly sort of have that in their minds and how their employer essentially treats them during this time Um, and I think again it's just that point if employers are getting to the point where they think actually we need to make redundancies we need to have a look at our structure and roles is actually well what alternatives are there and not necessarily jump the gun and go straight to the right we need to just get rid of this team completely are there alternatives um are there different roles they could already do in the business? Can we change things slightly? And I think that's probably a good approach to take and try and look at it from that perspective rather than making sort of knee jerk or spur of the moment decisions. And I think kind of looking back to COVID and the pandemic, which does feel like a little bit of a distant memory nowadays. Um, but I think a lot of employers during that period probably did make knee jerk decisions because it was such an unprecedented time and they didn't really know what was going to happen. And I think to reflect on maybe what they did during that may help them actually sort of shape their strategy and the way forward um, now if we do go into a recession. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of businesses showed how agile and flexible they were during COVID. And, and, and as you say, kind of having those thoughts and discussing that with the workforce isn't a bad thing. And on that basis, you know, kind of the, there's no getting away from the fact that individuals will struggle. So one option may be to review the contractual situations and make it clear to employees that you know kind of there is a clause in there if there is um saying that you you can't take on a second job you know to say that actually you know kind of within reason so long as that second job isn't working for a competitor or anything then that isn't something that that the business would look to to prevent an individual from doing not ideal to require individuals to to take on a second job but you know, kind of like I say, ultimately, this is a way for, for businesses and individuals and it, it's working through the issues that are in front of them right now. Um, so if, if that is something that could be looked at, then sensible to do so. Um, obviously, you don't want individuals burning out as well and kind of 
that having a, an adverse impact on the on the way that they work. But having those open communication lines will never be a bad thing. Pay rises are dead easy to think about. I know there's lots of kind of campaigning from you know kind of the unions to to increase pay across the board for lots of organisations to increase national minimum wage. Um, I'm aware that the real living wage ha- has gone up um, to £10.90 across the UK uh, and £11.95 in, in London, which is a, a 10.1% rise. And that, that's been brought forward from November um, for those organisations that, that volunteer to pay that real living wage. And there's also pressure on, on what the the next compulsory national living and, and minimum wages will look like. So I'm sure that they will be increased as well and, and whilst that is good for individuals it, it's something that workforces need to be thinking about um you know in terms of their budget as well going forward so that financial forecasting and and trying to kind of make sure that the numbers still do work um you know because ultimately that that is what employers have to do that has to be their primary concern um so something just to keep on 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 the radar um it's hard not to think about these things i think when it's when it's in the news and and everything else and it's hard not to become emotional um but if if businesses can take that step back and and consider how everything is going to play out and and what the options are then then, you know kind of that's that is almost certainly going to kind of give them an advantage uh going forward so not really been the most cheery of podcasts to welcome you back to (laughs) Amy. I was literally just thinking that as we got to the end. I was like, whoa, that was a heavy 20 minutes. <laughs> sometimes these topics do need to be covered. Uh, you know, kind of we would welcome any thoughts that, that our listeners have, any any initiatives, and, and it may well be that we, you know, kind of we we can do another podcast to to share those um good practices that organizations are doing up and down the country so thank you for listening uh, as ever if you do want to share anything with us the best way to get in touch is via our email uh hr at shoesmiths.co.uk um so thanks again for listening and look forward to speaking to you all soon thanks bye